Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand. Listening to all those uh, beautiful chorus, you know, everyone's embracing it, celebrating it, enjoying it. And I, you know what, Mufti Ibrahim Smith, how I wish and how I pray that the Ummah had that spirit where we embrace, we celebrate, and you know, welcome Jumma with that spirit. The kids and the elders all getting their Jumma kadin aya, barka kadin aya, you know, efficacious and spontaneous, a smiling Ummah. But are we glum? Why are we so glum? Only how I wish, and I truly wish, that we had that spirit of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Halan wa salan. After many moons, uh, good to see you, Mufti Saab. And how are you doing? Wa alaikum. Wa alaikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shafat, all our listeners out there. Indeed, very, very good and wonderful to be back, uh, Shafat. Uh, we actually missed the segment of the show, you know, where people can uh, benefit from sending in their questions and uh, having it answered as well, Alhamdulillah, good to have you back, Mufti Saab. Ek, uh, klumlak, no. Hey, hey. Lekker, lekker. Our best uh, Mufti, Prime Smith, Adaf, and the Boakab. Your questions have been coming through. And uh, this one says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti and Shaf. Uh, can a person sell a replica uh, goods online? Mufti Saab, I want a replica yeah. Ford Mustang. Hey, I'm going to buy it now. Sell it, Mufti. I'll buy it. That will have to order from China. China makes all these uh, uh, replica models. You know? But uh, yes, you can sell a replica goodies uh, online, provided that you tell the people in the clientele that it is not the original product. You know, there should be complete, complete transparency. It shouldn't be that when the person receives it, uh, then only the person finds out that uh, this is a fake a copy and a replica of the original product. That would be deception, and uh, that would be not permissible. We have to return the person's money. However, if you have informed the customer that it is a replica uh, of the original product, and the customer is still happy to purchase that from you, uh, then it will be permissible for you to sell it online. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Can we recite one surah collectively in one tone? Hey, monotone, Mufti Saab. Monotone, Shifat, uh, you see people, uh, normally Surah Yasin, they will do this, you know, and uh, they will follow the Imam. What we can do is uh, we can recite uh, the same Surah, but in our own tone, at our own pace, etc., and not as a single one chorus uh, type of version. Uh, nothing of that has been related from the authentic Sunnah from our Sharia. So you won't find the Sahaba, they did it in that specific way. And uh, they are, of course, our guidance and our source of uh, finding our answers and getting our answers from. So we should refrain rather from that. It is not the correct way to read uh, the glorious Quran. You know, read it in your own tone, read it at your own pace. And inshallah, that will be the permissible way, please. Zakala, for that, uh, we read Salah behind a clean-shaven person. Should we repeat our Salah? Sheikh Basid must be turning in his grave, Mufti Saab. Yeah, yes, uh, I went to Egypt, you know, Shafat, many of the Qur'an, they, uh, they don't wear the beard and they citing that uh, it is because of religious persecution from the government. But nevertheless, uh, you know, if a person reads Salah behind a person who is uh, clean-shaven, 
uh, that person's salah will still be correct, provided that the reciter or the imam that uh, led the salah, that that person read the Quran without any alteration, they read the Quran with all the proper necessary tajweed that is required, and also the actions of the salah were done properly. So it is makruh for a person to read behind such a person, no? but uh, there's no need for the person uh, to repeat this salah I look at this question on the screen. It says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti Saab. Uh, can I liquidate uh, my mahar uh, to pursue a business venture for myself or as a business uh, cash injection for myself, Mufti Saab? Yes, you can. Your mahar belongs to you. After you have received it, your husband has paid the dowry, uh, the stipulated amount that both of you has agreed upon and he's accepted, and he's paid it, then you become the owner of that. You do not have to keep it. Uh, until you are out one day or uh, leave it to your children together. You can start spending your money, your mother, the moment uh, that you have taken ownership of that. So whether you want to liquidate it, whether you want to invest it in your business, whether you want to spend it on yourself or give it a charity, you can do uh, whatever you want to do as long as it is spent in permissible avenues. Mufti, is it haram for a wife to adopt her husband's surname after marriage, Mufti? Uh, it, it is not uh, something that uh, Islam is against uh, Shafat. It is also not necessary or compulsory for a wife to adopt the husband's surname. It is merely permissible. You will find that uh, some people will say that they, she is denying uh, the lineage of her father, etc. And they will cite one hadith, uh, which is quoted out of context. Uh, if you study all the books of hadith, you will see that uh, many of the female companions of Rasulullah, uh, even the wives of Rasulullah, they made this up and they uh, attributed themselves to uh, the husband, which is Rasulullah, in one hadith, it will come, and Aisha, Zawjil, Nabi, reported from Sayyidatina Aisha, the wife of Rasulullah, so based on that, it is permissible then for a person, a female, a married woman, adopt the surname of her husband because it will merely be for identification purposes and not negation of lineage or where she comes from or rejection of her father's side. It is only as it is customary nowadays for identification purposes too. No, Jazakallah for that, Mufti Saab. Is chocolate a liquor uh, halal as it is listed as an ingredient? What does the Mufti, who is well off the chemistry, say? <laughs> There's two things here. One is chocolate liquor and one is liquor, uh, liquor chocolate. So chocolate and liquor, it is normally the ingredient that they use uh, to make uh, chocolate. You know? So that is basically pure, pure, pure cocoa that is used, which is given the term liquor chocolate uh, because of the liquid cocoa beans. And so that is permissible, you know, uh, whether it is unsweetened or whether it is sweetened. So it is chocolate liquor. Uh, that uh, chocolates containing that that you can eat. The other one is liqueur chocolates, which you will have your orange, your amarula, and uh, all these other funny, funny flavors, uh, rum and these things. Uh, that is not permissible because uh, that is uh, liquor that has been added, which is the alcohol that has been added uh, to flavor certain chocolates. So that uh, the public should abstain from. You know, it's the same like drinking uh, liquor, so that you cannot do. But uh, chocolate liquor, that you can eat chocolates that containing the cheese. Anonymous sister says, I love uh, Cadbury uh, ramen raisin, Mufti Saab. And also I noticed that the beacon chocolate has uh, 
halal sign with uh, the Jewish uh, BDFC sign. And it makes me even uh, more confident to have that chocolate because it has uh, both uh, the signs. So am I correct in my assumption that I can have that beacon one? But the Cadbury Mufti Saab, Raman Raisin, uh, I'm getting a bit scared now, but I love it. Mufti? Uh, Shafat, you know, because Cadbury doesn't have any halal stem on. We say the Zatmas and the sisters are pointing it out. Cadbury does not, Mondavis is the owners of uh, that, you know, they brought it over from Cadbury. It does not have any halal uh, sticker, halal stem on. Uh, but you'll find other uh, developers like BCM and Whistle, etc., they will still have some halal certification on. And then the rum that is used to flavor these things are synthetic. Uh, it's the same like your ice cream rum in a reason. However, we should still uh, exercise caution and not purchase uh, these type of uh, chocolates, uh, you know, Shabbat. Uh, because, number one, there is no uh, halal authority that has actually uh, did, uh, or did a perfect study on that. So we list the ingredients we have to see if they use synthetic uh, rum uh, essence or flavor or are they using a real rum. Because what they normally do is they suck the resins in the rum that is how it was done in the older days. So my uh, opinion would be that we buy those that are certified allow and uh, even if it is rum, they will abstain from that also, you know, because the name alone is a uh, repulse of rum. Uh, we don't want to uh, venture into that, but everyone knows that uh, rum uh, coming from the Caribbean, you know, it's made from strong uh, sugar cane. A person don't even want to go into all the details, but it is not difficult for a Muslim uh, to consume also, G. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saab. Uh, can we use our children's uh, gift money that they receive when uh, we uh, when they were born to pay for the school fees, uh, Mufti Saab? Uh, Shafat, the money that was given to children belongs to children. You as the parent, you are the custodian of uh, that money, you know, and you should ensure that the child uh, receives it timely. However, you can consult and you can mention to the child that uh, because of the child's expenses or certain expenses that you'll be using from the money to pay for his or her uh, welfare or, or, or education, etc. And then uh, by doing so, you are permitted to use from it. But taking it without the child's permission, that is not uh, right and proper also, because it was not given to you, it was given to uh, another owner, which is the child in uh, this case. You know, so parents should be very, very careful when uh, mixing things that was given to the children. And uh, they uh, automatically assume that uh, because they are the parents in custodians, that uh, they have a right to get for wealth, you know, so they, then they have to replace it in this case also. So if the children use the knob and they say it's okay, then the parents can use it too. Yeah, there's a second part to the question, and it says, if we took their gift money and invested it uh, for them into Steinoff shares, and now we lost everything, what are we to do, Mufti? Yes, see, it got invested without their permission also. Uh, yes, because they are so minors and young, but the parents could make a decision uh, to invest in something that is good. And Steinoff, we know what has happened, you know, they lost billions uh, we saw in all these other uh, people uh, behind it, and uh, but they're selling off some of the uh, assets, uh, you know, and uh, in, in uh, hoping that they're going to repay uh, back all the investors. But in that case, you've made a decision without informing the owner of uh, of that person's money, so it should be best for them to replace it. Uh, Mufti Saab, if a husband says, I want to divorce you, is the marriage dissolved? Hey, these husbands and their divorce and the, 
Too much of the story, too much. And, it, and it's escalating, Shafat, it's escalating during the pandemic. I think uh, because of fatigue, I think because of uh, losing their jobs, etc. They cannot cope with uh, certain pressures in and around them. And uh, sometimes husbands don't think also, and they just uh, sort of blurt out these words. And then only after that, when the regret settles in, then they're running to the imam and ask, what is the masala? A person should think uh, before we speak, you know. So if a husband says uh, that uh, he wants to divorce you, in that case, it would not constitute a divorce because he did not uh, divorce you. He only said, I want to divorce you. You know, he didn't say that he is divorcing you. There's a big difference between the two. One is uh, showing intent that something he wants to do most probably in the future or somewhere nearby. Or, and the other thing is, we actually said he didn't. Uh, that is the difference between the two. So in the above case, we will say that the woman, she is still married, and uh, she does not leave her household or go under Edna, and the husband will still be married to her also. Mufti Saab, I'm audio streaming, and here in the Western Cape, uh, we have a stupendous problem. Half our family is Christian, and the other half is Muslim. So we are invited to a non-Muslim family member wedding, and but Mufti Saab, it's taking place in a church. Can we attend, Mufti? Shafat, you know that we should always be a good Muslim and advocate uh, relations between our family members, extended family members as well. Uh, there are certain things that we cannot uh, transgress, as it is the laws and the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot violate it. Uh, going to a, a wedding, uh, which is, of course, held in the church, that would not be permissible, you know, because we have to go to a church where there's words of shirk and uh, uh, there's also statues in there and all these other impermissible things, intermingling of sexes, uh, because in a church uh, there's no separate seating for men and separate seating for women, and our females will be entering in the air, will be exposed, etc. And uh, you'll be listening to uh, uh, youth of Trinity and uh, other things uh, will be conducted as well, and you will have to stand in the past to come in and all these other un-Islamic practices, which means you know, we have to uh, incorporate and be part of uh, the ceremony to such an extent that only your outer parents will be resembling that of a Muslim. So in this case, we will tell you it is not permissible then for you to enter the church to attend a, uh, a wedding, especially from the Christian family side. But be a good Muslim, you know, wish them well, and uh, make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide them towards Islam. Just be a good Muslim in this case, too. Mufti Saba, can a female in her menses uh, read Eiffel's Kursi at night? Uh, Shafat, you know, the recitation of Eiffel's Kursi, which is one of the greatest verses of uh, the glorious Quran, is not permissible for any person uh, that is in her menses or in a state of Janabat. When you intend uh, through that reading of Quran, but if it is part of your daily practices, uh, like uh, it is part of your protection of the art that you read morning and evening, uh, likewise, other verses of the Quran, if a person only reads for protection, uh, the three things, etc., then it will be uh, permissible with the intention of reading it as dua and not with the intention of reading it as a uh, Quran or a citation of the glorious Quran. That is not permissible. But as dua, yes, or she can read as I concluded this. Well, it's all about the niyat. Yeah, your niyat, your intention. Well said, the Mufti Saab. Mufti. Some pharma companies have dropped the price of COVID-19 tests to 500 rands. 
What's your views? Hello, Mark Kaufman. Hello, Mark Kaufman. I agree with you. She said, imagine uh, dropping it from 815,000 bucks once upon a time to 500 rand. Now, uh, roughly about 70,000, 80,000 people get tested per day. Can you imagine how much money these pharma companies are in at the expense of the health of the poor people out there? I think that what the Competition Commission did, they should have found it instead of uh, discussing with them, uh, you know, to drop prices because they already made millions and billions uh, from the unwary and scrupulous public and now just by dropping it a couple hundred rands. So that is my thought, basically, uh, as long as money and millions and billions are being made, uh, with another example, uh, uh, Shafat, that Pfizer makes $1,000 per second profit, which is roughly about 15,000, 16,000 rand per second. Do you think anyone would want this kind of them to stop? So giving to the people, the people I need of all these things, uh, give them for free and a lot, because we have made you back money, too. Mm-hmm. Duped or be duped? I don't know. Mufti can give a whole bayan today. What's your Juma topic, Mufti? Uh, my Juma today is the lot of uh, this Juma we should have uh, for one another and respect uh, for one another, Shafat, and careful of the outer forces of the infiltrate Islam and tries to divide us. Ah, beautiful topic. Is it permissible to have a Durood challenge and does it have uh, any basis? Hey, me! I read 10,000 already, Durood, Mufti Saab. Is it, you know, something yeah. like, hey, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know, like a showing off. You know, our household, everyone reads it. So we 10 times this, we had a million Duruds. Should we be showing that off, Mufti Saab? A very good question. You know, we see it on social media. People will see, uh, will say that they read 500,000 times, 1,000 times. So Durood, you know, it is best to do that in seclusion, especially on Friday, Thursday evening as well, and every day of the week also. And since the root abundance of this to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, having a Durood challenge, that of course is unfounded uh, within Sharia, you know, but encouraging people to read abundant Durood, uh, that of course is uh, a, a commendable uh, deed, a commendable action, so we can encourage people but we do not need to show up by saying that I've read 1,000 times, 5,000 times, etc. Keep your deeds a secret, inshallah, uh, because you don't want maybe in fame of temptation and all these things uh, feel grandier to enter into your life. So that is how Shaitan tricks people uh, by making them think they're becoming super pious because they are beating mm. one another in a deep challenge. And in that way, it is void of any sincerity in Allah it will be thrown back into your face on the day of Qiyamah. And most and best beloved these of Allah are those of these that are done consistently and with sincerity that people doesn't even know what you are doing. So I would uh, advocate that. Let's stay away from these name and fame challenges and uh, just do what you can do on your own, inshallah. You know, Mufti Saba, Duru should be sent upon our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam all the time, you know. But uh, we make it extra special on a Friday. Uh, where did that come about? And uh, point, point two, yeah, uh, Imam Ghazali was also, uh, you know, someone that advocated the rule on the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Was it he that uh, told that sent abundant the rule on him on a Friday? Uh, can you give us some clarifications, uh, Mufti Sahab? Yes, uh, Shafad, we should uh, send abundant the daily. And especially as some hadith mentioned on a Friday, and there's one hadith that mentions after Juma on a Friday also, 
it is simply one majlis and you say it 80 times and then a specific reward will be given to you because it is the day of Jumu'ah. Uh, so because of all this ahadith collectively, a person is encouraged to send more durud on a Friday. Then uh, during the week also, any time of the day when you are in difficulty also, uh, when you are experiencing a sickness, etc., all of those things uh, that uh, the room will come and benefit you if you read it sincerely. And, send. and then remember Allah subhanahu wa has appointed specific angels uh, to capture the durud that you are sending, and then it is taken from you and presented to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the angels say that it comes from such and such a person, so your name is even mentioned to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why constantly and abundantly, daily we should send abundant durud upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and then our privacy, we should increase it also, too. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Come people, all of us. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hey, Mufti Saab, 10 million. 10 million people said it, Mufti Saab. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, we don't know. So, hey, hey, no, no. No challenge here, people. No, no, no. It's not a challenge. No, no challenge at all. Mm-hmm. Can a man, can a man wear a silver necklace with his name engraved on that? Hey, I'm the Don. Check my name here on the, on my necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Mufti Saab. <laughs> It is like that, you know, people want to uh, be made in grave. So this type of jewelry, that is reserved for females. What a Muslim male can wear is a silver ring that Rasulullah has committed for us. Any bracelets and chains and earrings, etc. All these things a person, a male, uh, should avoid, you know, that are jewelry that uh, is not only from Muslim uh, Sharia, but also customary that has been reserved for females. So you don't want emulation. Uh, between males and females. That is not for us in this life. That's a reserve it for the next life, inshallah, and stay away from us being a metro man and uh, all these other terms that are being called and used nowadays for the Jewish people into believing that there's no difference, uh, difference because it's all unisex. Now you keep your male identity and leave the identity of females for them because Allah subhanahu wa is crazy to Yeah, but brother? Macho man from Africa, no. Mufti Smith says, no. He's coming for you. Yeah. You better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it off. Please take the chain off too. All your gold chains, you take it off. Mufti Smith is coming for you, brother. Yeah. Macho man from Africa, no ways. Uh, Mufti Saab, can a father gift one child and exclude another child, Mufti? Yes, sir. Very careful. We should be you know, very, very cautious. Uh, not to hurt the ch- uh, feelings of children. Children will see these injustices. In fact, Rasulullah has prohibited us from doing that. If my father wants to give a child, let him make sure that he gives all his children uh, equally to the best of his ability. You know, you don't want to spoil one particular child and then uh, deprive other children from that. Uh, that is uh, impermissible also. Shafat, uh, that creates uh, hatred, uh, animosity, and malice. Uh, between some siblings, we shouldn't forget the story of Yusuf alayhi salatu salam, and that is a lesson for us as well, you know, what happens when, uh, this is of course related to love, but what happens when one child receives more than the other child. When it comes to gifting of children, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, about justice among, amongst your children, you will be offered and gifts that is in Bukhari. So be faith to your children, and I give them all to the best of your ability, G. Yeah, handsome uh, Yusuf said, 
Allah is enough for me. Hey, Yusuf, lovely nasheed that. Handsome Yusuf. Mufti Saab, can a Muslim donate to a milk bank? Shafat, you know, because if I have a major problem with, uh, with uh, people donating uh, to a milk bank, you know why? Uh, because sometimes these milk banks, they pull the milk together. That is one thing. So when milk is pulled together, that means you have donors from different types, different backgrounds, uh, where the milk is taken collectively and pulled into one tank or one bottle. So Islam, you know, because of breastfeeding, uh, there will be foster relationships uh, established between uh, the donor and between the baby that is suckling or uh, using the smoke. So that uh, will be unavoidable. And in a, a, a foster relationship, the identity of the donor of the breastfeeding mom should be known. In this case, it will not be known because we don't know that whose milk the child will be drinking. Then uh, from the other side also, uh, the uh, relationships like marriage will be haram uh, between uh, foster children uh, where the child is uh, drank from this particular milk. You know? The second uh, case is uh, where they involve pulling the milk from each donor individually also. Uh, so they, in that case, uh, a single lady's milk will be taken and put into a, uh, a single container. But what they don't do is they don't disclose the name of the donor. So in that case, uh, the donor will also be unknown. And uh, in future, uh, we don't know that the child who drinks from the milk might end up being uh, a daughter of uh, this uh, person who is donated the milk. You know? So because of this ambiguity and this unknown uh, existence of who the donor is, on those basis, we will say it is not permissible to donate the milk to the milk bank. Hey, Mufti Saab, that brother there, yeah, there in uh, Swane, he said, Mufti Saab, what if the milk is sterilized? Even if it is uh, sterilized, uh, so far, you know, the origin and uh, the uh, person's identity, those are two key factors uh, that should uh, be uh, known, you know, that who is the person that they have related with, meaning we have to trace uh, that person and uh, in order to avoid future repercussions with regard to uh, relationships uh, or especially marriage between uh, those foster children in amongst them. Jazakallah khair, Mufti Saab, for our bumper-filled edition of uh, Quickfire q and I really enjoyed uh, your input, and uh, Allah bless you and keep you always, uh, you know, you incisive, concisive, and, uh, you know, people have taken to you, Mufti Saab. They have embraced you and celebrated you. Uh, Mufti Saab, your parting words uh, this morning. Jazakallah, Shafad, very, very good to be back, you know, to our also for you to our position. It wasn't well also on the Grand Chicago I mean, to all our sick people are there. It is Juma, we heard the president saying, let's say, Abandon Durud upon Rasulullah, Islam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Really enjoyed that edition, people. And you, Yusuf Asma? Yeah, lovely indeed. A beautiful. Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand.